It's Wednesday, January 26th, and this is Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. Artificial intelligence is amazing, and it is progressing leaps and bounds week after week. We interview Kate Bradley with Lately.ai and learn how their tools help social media managers produce and distribute social media efficiently while saving hundreds of hours for their users. Lately's AI learns which words will get you into the most engagement and turns video, audio, and text into dozens of social posts. Unlock which words get you the most engagement with artificial intelligence that studies what your audience wants to read, hear, or watch. Lately's AI content generator will then itemize any interview, webinar, conference, panel, podcast, blog, PDF, Word document, or newsletter into lead-generating social posts that get next-level results because that's the power of artificial intelligence. And I will add that I am a user of Lately and I love the service. And now, your free joke. I'm trying to convince my dad to get a new hearing aid, but he just won't listen. (laughs) The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers, too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right, welcome to the show. Today I have Kate Bradley. She is the CEO and founder of Lately. And that doesn't mean just Lately. She is the founder of Lately, not Lately. Kate, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, tell us uh, what you do day to day and maybe one of your passions in life. Hey there, Brent. Kudos to you for like totally not outing me on not knowing which state that was behind you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm such a silly American. I think you said New Jersey. <laughs> I said no, it's Delaware. <laughs> I think I guessed like 40 states before. I, I didn't even get there, but um, you're so kind and, and uh, patient with me. So yes, it's true. I'm I'm um, the CEO of Lately, which you know my team does call me Kately Brent. I don't know if you've heard them do that before. It's pretty funny. I've got investors who are like, yeah, just call me Peter Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my one of my nicknames was Brentley. Was it? And I do have 
brent.li, I think. There you go. I'm also a I'm a domain name junkie, so. Oh, really? You know my um zigzag for a second. So my my uncle Chris was the first domain king. He he was the first guy to buy up a whole bunch of domains and and make his money that way, which is, you know, that's some foresight right there, right? I don't know if um that trickled down to me, but um so before lately, I used to be a rock and roll DJ broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM Satellite Radio. And uh, somewhere in between there, I also owned a little marketing agency and our first client was Walmart. You guys know them. And I got Walmart uh, 130% ROI year over year for three years. Amazingly, what I learned from from both of those experiences, and we'll dive into this later, I'm sure, um, help fuel the bedrock for how Lately's artificial intelligence works, which surprises me, right? I mean, I'm 47, Brent, so like, you know, I've lived enough life where the, the zigzags are now making a straight line, at least in, in my mind, <laughs> which you hope will be the case, right? You want all the all the dots to connect. Yeah, mine are circles. <laughs> Um, Even better. Yeah. Uh, and they don't connect. That's the odd part. <laughs> More like a spring, a spiral. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, right? Ladies and gentlemen, Brent Peterson. He's so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, tell us what, what do you like? Uh, what, what are you doing right now, day to day? And what is what is something you're super passionate about? Um, you know, well, honestly, Christmas at the moment, it's in the way. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to just do what a lot of people are doing, which is licking stamps and getting things out the doors. And I'm always, I'm always too late about it and, and um, planning a menu and just all the, that kind of stuff. But, you know, with, with lately, we just launched three new products. Um, and, you know, when people say that, you're always like, oh, that sounds nice or whatever. I don't know what people really think, but like, you know, for us, we're doing something crazy, Brent. We're actually turning, I shouldn't tell you this maybe, but we're turning the company inside out <laughs> um, because we've been learning and listening and learning to you and so many others, what, what you like, what you don't like, and you know what's in our capacity to change, right? We're a small company. Um, I've raised $3.4 million, but I haven't actually raised over seven years, So, but I haven't actually raised a full price round where all that money comes in at once. So it's been a trickle, a trickle of income um, which means it's really hard to 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 really do anything meaningful because you're constantly cash constrained, right? And this is part of the the plight of the any entrepreneur and certainly female founders. We've we've a harder time than men raising, um, which is BS, but it is what it is. So we had you know kind of a come to Jesus with ourselves um, this summer. A confluence of like really crummy events happened. Like, you know, and I'll just touch on what that means for people. Like, number one, I discovered a $240,000 accounting error, <laughs> which, you know, I think eight months ago, I would be embarrassed to say that, but I've met so many founders who've had worse things happen to them since that, like, now I know <laughs> it's just par for the course. Um, but, you know, those kinds of hurdles, I can't even say it. I mean, I can call it a hurdle now. It's obviously cataclysmic. Um that gets you to look closer, right? And and see what's really wrong. And so we did, we zoomed in and some of the things that we thought were wrong, you know, were, but they were, there was bigger than we thought. And so we kind of banged our heads against the wall and I certainly cried a bunch 
and because, um, you know, got to do that. And then had the wherewithal to put myself in, into a couple of situations that I, I knew would change the channel, right? How do we get out of growth? How do we get into growth mindset and move from scrape mindset? And so that's kind of what we're doing now is taking all this information, just totally flipping things on its head and changing the channel. And, and so that's what's on my mind. Like I'm, I'm constantly thinking, am I doing the right thing? Is this going to work? Oh God, Jesus, please let it work. Right. Um, do I have the right team to do that? Pretty sure I do. My team is amazing. Um, do I have enough runway? You know, there's th- three months right now, four, if a couple of us don't take a paycheck. Um, but that's always the case, right? And then I think to myself, are you crazy? <laughs> oh, good. You still are. Oh, okay. <laughs> then keep on. Keep at it. Yeah, I think I think we all, as entrepreneurs, you have to have a little bit of craziness in it. Mm-hmm. I guess there is the... Um, uh, let's call it the accountant entrepreneur who just goes in, goes by the numbers and does it because the numbers say they can do it. Uh, but then there's the other, the flip side of, of, and I'm, I'm, I guess I would be at the flip side where you just run headlong into it and hope that, uh, that it's, uh, you can, it, it's a wall, but it's going to be a soft wall and you're going to crash through it. And it's not going to be a hardened steel wall that you're going to bounce off of. Uh, and then there's the middle ground and probably you enter the middle ground after you've been in it a little bit, you decide, oh, I probably should start tracking some of these things and I should measure some of these things and I should define success. And especially if you have investors, you'll have to define some success and some objectivity in that. It's true. Yeah. You know, as you're just speaking, you reminded me something, one of the best best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten. And, you know, people give you lots of free advice and there's a reason it's free because most of it ain't very good. Um, but one good one was to look at all the data you have and always search for the patterns in the data. And then, you know, what to double down on or, or obviously double down off. Um, and what's amazing to me, Brent, is how, how many different kinds of patterns can appear? Like you think you see one, but then you just t- tilt your head a little bit and there's like a whole new slice there. And that's the thing that's so important is like, once you, once you know that trick to constantly as like a kaleidoscope, spin your head around. So you're making sure you see all the different ways that those patterns can, can be evolving or appearing. Um, Cause that's, I mean, that's the puzzle, right? Uh, Cause it always will change. Like you think you solve one problem. It's the, they say whack-a-mole, which is cliche, but it's so true, <laughs> you know. Um, and then, like, on a personal note, just to answer that question a little more, like, you know, I'm really thinking about my – I'm not old, but I'm older. I'm, I'm thinking about my sanity and, like, how do I maintain this level of stamina? It's already waning, I mean, to be honest with you. Like, I have to do the level of – the equation of self-care – to like work has definitely there's more self-care needed every day right to to keep keep going and um i don't know about you or or you know your listeners but for me that can come in so many ways like massages and acupuncture and working out and all that kind of stuff and and then you know meditation or even just diet and um, vacations as we were we were touching on earlier and then I also think about like who am I surrounding myself with? Like, 
do I have people around me, either my team or my friends or my family, who a make you smile because you can't you can't do any of this if you're not laughing at yourself because it's painful. You know, you got to be able to crack some jokes along the way. Um, but then, are they people who will force me to t- tilt my head and get that other perspective? Right? Yeah. No, that's a great point, and I um, I, I agree that you have to um you you have to be constantly reevaluating mm-hmm. but i think you also have to have a point in which you can move forward and have some space to be able to move forward in uh and and feel comfortable in that space without constraints or without it feeling like it's the end of the world or this is the most biggest disaster that has ever happened and let's go into firefighting mode those are uh, I've, I've found those to be not very productive, especially when you can't do some strategizing um, and be creative. I think you lose a lot of that creativity when you put that pressure on and you have to you have to either deliver something or solve something. It's, it's ironic that we often wait till the end of our term to deliver a term paper <laughs> when if it's creative writing or something like that, you know, you're suddenly making yourself less creative because you don't have the space and maybe i don't know maybe some people are more creative in that aspect yeah i agree with you you just you you reminded me when um so i was taking some poetry courses don't roll your eyes people um because i was a fiction writing major and so i love words and the sound of words but what i and i actually did sort of like poo poo um poetry for a long time until I realized what was interesting to me was there's, there's rules, very set rules on a lot of poetry and that they, they too can be broken. And so I was interested in breaking them. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I remember one professor actually assigning me the task of like, cause I was really going so, so lawless out there and he was like, okay, you're kind of going too far. So I want to assign you, make up your own rules, make up your own rules, but, but keep within your own rules. Like if, if you don't want to, conform to the the rules or or set preset rules. And it was a great task because it gave me the understanding of how much work one would take just, just to actually stay within the confines of those rules. And so I had a lot more respect for poetry as a genre than I had before. Right. So um, I think about that with certainly lately, or even I'm, I'm onboarding a new um, CRO right now. And, and poor Nick, like he's coming into our, you call it a, um, a well, I call it a fire hose, <laughs> but like he's coming in, we're just, we're just waterboarding that poor guy like all day long. And you know how it is, right? There's so many things wrong, of course, right? That this is part of startup life. Like there's a million things wrong, but you have to decide um, I'm going to drag out the fire metaphor and spin it around a little bit. Like, so there's 50 houses on fire, which one gets water. And even the one you decide that gets water, you're not going to put it out. You're just going to like kind of hit, hit the first floor a little bit. Right. And, um, you know, I'm watching him struggle and I feel all the guilt of being a terrible onboarder. Um, but then it's, it's the way it has to be, right. Because he's going to have to figure out kind of what, what rules are rules, what rules are meant to be broken, what rules certainly should be broken so we can evolve and, and do better. But like, how can you find enough sanity in that one confined space so that the chaos, which is mo- mostly good chaos, can continue to reign and that you don't lose your mind at the same time? 
Did that make yeah, sense? No, a lot of metaphors there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, which leads us into our next discussion about AI. <laughs> how do you keep? How do you keep all that together? Um, uh, I so you know I you know full full transparency. We uh, we were an early adopter of lately. Um, we were er- early as opposed to late. Really. <laughs> Um, he's killing me. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was called early when we first started. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in it. Um, but I've also, you know, I, I've continued to embrace this whole idea of AI and I've, uh, recently, um, I've, I've recently, also signed up for a writing tool that helps you write art. I won't tell you which one I did, but... Uh, well, I want to know so um, that you can compare notes and tell me. <laughs> is this one of your new products? Uh, we we have the AI... Our, our AI actually does write for you, yeah. Instead okay, of so like Jar- you've heard of Jarvis, right? Yeah. It's not Jarvis, but it's similar to Jarvis. Okay. And um, it... What I'm finding is that if it's factual, if you have a very factual-based article that you would like to write, do not depend on any AI right now because it'll give you a whole bunch of, oh, you know what? I'm excited about this because I'm going to put in a bleep. It'll give you a whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bleep this out later. Okay. But it, it's like... So it, it gives you, you know, breaks down article, it breaks down into sections, and then it writes it for you. And I had one that it wrote, you know, five sections of this article and none of it was right. It was like, it was so wrong and it sounded so real. It, you know, went on to say Mike was an early founder or co-founder of this, of this new product and blah, blah, blah. And it was nothing to do with it. (laughs) So AI can be completely wrong and it can lead you down the wrong path. And in that case, it actually didn't help at all it made it worse because suddenly you have this thing in your head that oh this is the way i should go and um <laughs> you got to pivot and go somewhere else yeah well you're right so you know on the scale of like ai what i like to think of it is you know if ai was a human we're looking at a three-month-old <laughs> right so you know it's a baby sweet a wee sweet baby and it needs lots of guidance and it needs to be fed and it can't even walk it or hold up its head really right um and so you know i'm not surprised that that's the case like with and i can define lately not as a commercial but just so that people understand so lately uses artificial intelligence to first learn your brand voice it studies all your social content and it's looking at what gets you the highest engagement right brett and we create a a writing model based on the words and key phrases and sentence structures in those posts that have the most engagement. And then, so this is part one, and this is, this is really important because AI can't work by itself. It has to learn from something. So part one, it learned from you, and then you feed it long form content like this video or any audio or, or a blog text or something like that. And it, again, it has a second learning arena. And this is so important because it's a child. So it pulls from that content and it's looking with the writing model as its basis to try to find the same quotes, right? To assemble and pull into social posts and clipping up the video that go with the quotes and all those kinds of things. So the reason I wanted to say all that is in our world, we made a really 
important stance to insist that AI and humans must coexist, right? Because we we could see that the AI would run off the rails and <laughs> it's only a robot, right? And humans um, are slow, right? So let's put the two together and, and make them make them work out. So one of the things that's been interesting to learn is like how little humans care, <laughs> right? So we we insist that you come in and tell the AI what's wrong or right because this is how it learns. But a lot of people don't even want to do that. And so then it's off on its own. And I, we can see, like, I select the tease Alex Lowe is one of our customers. Like, I can see Alex just pushing the button and letting the AI go. And I'll be like, Alex, you know, you got to, like, step in here. Um, but what's been interesting, Brent, is to learn. So So here's the secret, which is. We have a second level of AI, which we'll introduce in about two weeks, <clears throat> that can read any content and summarize it on its own and use your isms in the summary. So it's not just quoting anymore. It is writing. And it's pretty incredible. Like, it needs a lot. It has to have at least 10,000 pieces of content to learn from. So that's a lot, right? Because it's really trying to get it right. And, like, instead of swearing, well, I do swear like a sailor in real life, but... Um, I try not to, and so I come up with other ways. So I might say, jump in Jehoshaphat or holy hot pickled jalapeno pepper or stuff like that. And so the test of the AI on my voice does that, for example, right? Um, and it gets some stuff wrong. Like I can see it hashtag weird things in the middle because you know, it's trying to guess what you would like. But you know, that's, that's the thing that we have to all remember is that, A, the human has to be involved for the AI to get it right. But B, even no matter how far we take the AI, it doesn't matter, you know, whether this is driving cars or writing copy, is that humans, just like you and I do here, like humans provide that je ne sais quoi, Brent, right? That AI can never replicate and it shouldn't. Like, so even if we manage to get it as far as it can, like right around 99%, I say, would be the, the dream, Right except for this one little factor. And the factor is the thing that, I mean, I really want to have a beer with you or a cup of coffee. You're cracking me up over here, right? You're, and I can see, I'm detecting the looks in your face. I can see the smirk on um, your slow, dry sense of humor. Like all that is reaching through this screen on me, right? And a robot can't replicate that, you know? Yeah, hopefully. <clears throat> no way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I, some and so when we first started, I think we started with lately about three years ago. The main tool, and we still use, is we it, it'll pick apart our blog posts and put it into nice social media snippets, which is a fantastic tool. And more, more recently, you've come out with um, uh, it'll actually um, go through a podcast and come up with uh, snippets and as well as video. So I think those are two really really valuable things that people can use. Um, and so I think that, you know, the next, I, I think that this whole idea of writing something, I, what I, what I haven't seen is fr from the content AI writing tools is that idea of, of when it does give you a wrong answer to emphatically just say, Hey, don't ever give me this again. This is so wrong. I think what you're, it sounds like and I haven't used your new your newer your newer tools yet, but uh, one thing that um, I have seen or haven't seen anyone do well so far is that learning model, where um, 
even if it doesn't know your voice, if it just writes something to write it for the sake of writing a blog post, let's say, and it comes up with, with, um, uh, 800 words that are completely wrong. Mm. Like it doesn't do anybody any good. And if you don't have, if you don't have as the user, the ability to go back and say, here's what I've meant. Like, okay. If it breaks it down into your, your three main headings of a, of a blog post, uh, in then an intro and a conclusion, you want your three main headings, right? And then if it gets all three of those wrong, it'd be great to go back and say, hey, here's what you got wrong. And here's what I meant. Like then right. the human takes some time to say, here's what I was going to give you. Please look and learn about this. Yeah, that's exactly. I think that's probably the hardest part. It is. And it's the, it's the part nobody wants to do. Like we're all kind of lazy, which is so interesting. But you think about it like with Spotify or Pandora, like you thumbs down the channel, right? And if it's playing you a song, you don't like. So, so there's this idea of like the human, you know, interfering um, in a good way. Like I, I like to make the couple of metaphors. Like one is it's like an electric toothbrush, Brent, right? I still got to hold the damn thing up to my teeth. <laughs> Right. Um, but but perhaps more interestingly, or is um, there's a great Betty Crocker um, story where, you know, Betty Crocker made cake mix. And at the time, it was all powder. Um, even the eggs were powdered eggs. And the housewives, which were who was buying marketing to at the time, they they didn't feel as though they had made a cake because so much was already in there. Right. So they took the powdered eggs out and they made it so that you, the human, had to add eggs and that was the thing that worked. So now they actually felt that there was a human brawl here. <laughs> See? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing. I, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I think you're, you, you're, you're exactly right there. Um, the, the idea that I, I think right now AI is still in its early stages and people think it should do everything. Yeah, it's amazing what we expect. Like, I mean, I remember demoing somebody a long time ago, and they're really like, "Oh, that's all," <laughs> and I was like, "Do you know how hard this is?" <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I, I think um, so. So um, I went to, uh, I was in radio for a long time, and I had went in small small town radio, and then when I was at XM, suddenly I could get tickets to much larger shows. Like I'd never been to, to see, you know, ACDC or the Rolling Stones or anything like that. And um, I managed to get a, tickets to the Rolling Stones, and the, which is another great story for us to have over coffee. And I took my husband, and, and the show was amazing. And then right afterwards, he's like, can we get Paul McCartney tickets? And I was like, Jesus, we just <laughs> – give me a second, man. <laughs> Don't tell him I told you that. <laughs> but – um. yeah, you know, the other thing I wanted to touch on here too is is get to getting back to that the – the je ne sais quoi part, the magical you know, human part, which I want to further emphasize because this translates to sales, marketing, um, entrepreneurship, like all the things, right? It's that special, indescribable um, component that only you bring to the table, right? Wherever, whatever you're working on. So one of the things I learned in, in um, Radio Brent was um, how the neuroscience of music works when you're processing um music in your brain when you're listening to it, right? <clears throat> so when you're, um, when you hear a new song, Brent, every other song you've ever heard instantly gets pulled forward by the memory of your brain. And it's trying to index this new song in the library 
of the memory of songs in your brain. And it's looking for familiar touch points. So it knows where to put that song, right? And so by pulling that library forth, it triggers emotion and memory and nostalgia. Like this is why uh, music is so powerful, right? Now those three characters all must exist for trust to happen. And trust is why we buy anything, right? It has to be there. And so... Um, when you, your, your voice acts similarly, right? So when you write text, whether it's you're, you know, texting your wife to pick up cash at the bank, or if you're slacking your employee to fill out the form, or you're emailing a sales target, people read that text and they hear your voice in their heads. This is the theater of the mind a little bit here, right? And when they hear your voice, <clears throat> your voice is like a musical note. There's a frequency to it there's a it's a note right it, it does have a frequency so that same idea happens it's your job as the author to to help guide the reader <laughs> and fill in those blanks with the nostalgia and emotion and memory like put, put in those familiar touch points so uh, trust is triggered right same idea here right you do it by putting the shape of your state behind you i'm doing it with some Pac-Man here. We've did it right away and we were connecting and laughing about how we met each other. And I forgot, <laughs> right? And we were, we're touching on all these familiar touch points now because the listener is multifaceted. I'm trying to give them many avenues. You're trying to, to guide me into doing the same thing here, right? Because we want people to not only listen, this is, this is the thing I really want to emphasize with people. It's not just listening here. You want people to evangelize. I, I'm assuming you do. I do, right? Because listeners who become fans are infinitely more powerful than just a listener, same way a customer is an evangelist, you know? And the only way to do that is by optimizing the humanness of the thing, right? This, this mystery character, this third party, the theater of the mind, all that. Yeah, I, 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 like, I want to just dig into that humanness of the thing because <laughs> I can say from my experience, um, so I, I'm, a, I, I'm on Twitter and I like, to, um, I like to send out different, you know, jokes and stuff. <laughs> and um, I found that people know, I mean, I guess you can see on Twitter where it's where it generated from. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I used to, I used to pre, I used to preload like a quarter's worth of a, a joke a day or something like that or whatever it is. And then it would just go out. And I think, I mean, honestly, lately is a great thing for this. But if it's not, you know, there, there is a, there's a bit of humanness in it. And, and, and I think this is where you have, you can't 100% rely on AI. Like, the engagement part of it, people know when it's a when it's a bot and when it's not, and uh, you know even early on, I think it was X.AI or something like that was like a, a tool that came out five years ago that was this automated scheduler that was and you could you could register Amy. Oh yeah, Amy and Alex or something like that. Amy in Ingram and Alex. The fake idiot. names of the bots. Right? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's one of my clients figured it out. Like I sent this out, and I I, I probably made fifty appointments, uh, and uh, forty forty nine successfully. And one of my clients like 
was just screwing around with Amy. Like, <laughs> you know, just like back and forth. And, um, the poor so, robot. No, I feel bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I think what, you know, what, what I'm learning as an AI human, um, wait, am I artificial? Yeah. Wait, now we, now we're second guessing. <laughs> I think a lot of people would say that, that, I mean, you can, I guess you are artificial if you're depending on, a tool to send your tweets and never engaging in real life, right? It's, it's symbiosis, um, symbiotic. Yeah, symbiotic. Um, so uh, the the point is that you, you can't you can't a hundred percent depend on AI, and like you said, ninety nine percent if it's it's effective. But what you still need is that real like we're here to for a reason, right? And we're marketing for a reason. And yeah. at the end of the day, you you end up talking to a bot on your chat and it's like, God, just give me representative representative. Are you like, yeah. you're on the phone? Like, would you like, zero, would you zero, like, zero. yeah, zero, zero, zero. No, no, no. Like calling the cable company. Oh my gosh. Um, right. I didn't hear you. Did you say you want to disconnect your cable? No, you would like to go to the, Oh, you've been upgraded to 10 gigabits. Your new bill is $12,000 a month. Thank you very much. Um, but the, you know that that interaction and then that human human humanity hum, humanness mm. um, is is such an important factor. And maybe you could talk about how how you're doing. How are you doing that with lately? Like with with your with your own business and making it better. How are you constantly improving that? And do you have the thought in the back of your mind when you're adding features and developing your own um, your own platform? Yeah, we do. So um, I'm so glad you asked this question because I think it's a fun one to answer. So so first, just, just to put some proof in the pudding for anybody questioning it. So, so we only use Lately to market Lately. We don't do any cold calls and no cold emails and no paid ads. So only organic and only with the AI. And we have a 98% sales conversion. And I'll just say that again, 98% sales conversion. <laughs> so in case anybody wonders if it works or not, the shizzle works. Um, now there's a little more into that process. And so you asked about that and I'll, I'll tell you, here's the secret. Um, so first, because I wrote hundreds of commercials, thousands of commercials, and I, I was a fiction writing major, I'm good at writing. And so I write all the social posts from my own channels are by me, by hand. They're not lately. It's all me. I write them when I think of them daily and then the, lately studies me first as a best practice. And from my social posts, I created about two dozen writing rules that I passed on to my team. So we'll auto generate content from lately. The AI will give us a bunch of social posts. My team takes the rules that I gave them that are based on how I write and applies the rules to, to augment what the AI gave them and help it learn, help it get better and better. And then we publish um, all of that on our brand channels and also on our employee channels, right? So the more the merrier. And then the AI learns from there. It's, it's studying our brand channels and employee channels for best practices as a second layer. And then the next layer is, of course, you. You know, what you bring to the table and, and your custom voice it creates from you. Now, then collectively, it's got all of our all of our. Uh, customers and it's looking at that data as a whole best practice as a whole so there's four different layers there for it to you know get smart on and the goal is 
for us to be able to assemble this data and then for you, Brent, to be like, okay, lately, new lately, V2, V3, whatever it is, I want to have a sense of humor and I want to be able to use all the keywords that are going to appeal most to mortgage, mortgage industry companies smaller than 100 in Minnesota, for example, right? Yeah, that sounds fun. I think it's pretty fun. It's a little wacky. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's, and, it's interesting because, you know, the problem we're talking about is people, writing is hard. Knowing, it's not only knowing what to say, but knowing what to say that'll get a reaction. Right? The reaction is what we want, what we all want. You want someone to do something for you. Every communication has this as its baseline, right? And there's no shame in that. It's very clear. Take out the garbage, water the plant, sell the damn thing, whatever it is, right? Take, exchange my, my robe that I don't like, customer service. <laughs> so when you know that's the case, then you can you know, really work backwards and think about, okay, and this is what the writing rules are about, like very practically speaking. You know, I hate it when people are like, be more engaging. And you're like, duh. <laughs> well, how is the thing, right? And so what I thought a lot about is what's the human, what's the psychology that goes into how to get people to react with what you write? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's, I know that Grammarly is another tool that is, is used to at least, you know, check your spelling, uh, get rid of the red squiggles. Um, and, and Grammarly does break it down into the type of voice you're using. Are you going that far as to, um, and I just saw a report, that's what it reminded me of. It says, you know, you have optimistic, you have an optimistic conversation or you're confident. Um, my nose says feeble. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Um, but, you. <laughs> you know, how, like, how, how do you, do, do you incorporate that many, that, that part of it to try to match that style? And then, you know, I, for me, in I'm, I'm sure I'm not unique, but like, do, do you have Spotify? I do. Yeah. Sp Spotify gives you your end of the year, <laughs> gives you the end of the year, your most listened to songs for the year, right? You know what my number one song was for last year? Tell me. It was Neil. It was Neil Diamond, and it was um, <laughs> Sweet Caroline. It's like, come on, are you really? kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, and there's a reason. It, there's a reason why, but it wasn't because I love the song. It's just because it was like number one. Their their thing, like if you if you do it, it just plays the same. Start. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like algorithm. a default, right? Yeah, right. And then number two is Cake. <laughs> I love if cake. you know the band Cake, right? They they aren't even related. Short and then skirt, long three jacket. Was, I think. I think if you know Lila Downs, she's a yes. Spanish, she's a Mexican singer. She's amazing. Like these are my three top song, these three top top artists. That's fascinating. So then, how do you fix? How do you fit that in? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you call it? How do you say, okay, I'm, how do you have a you have a voice? Like, Ooh. I definitely have a different voice when I wake up, and I'm gonna have some coffee. Like when I was in Hawaii for the last six weeks, I I started work at five a.m. and I literally rolled out of bed. I had the coffee maker going so I could get into meetings right away and I, you know, try to be awake. <laughs> you know, you, you have a different aspect on life then as you do later in the day when I'm half asleep. It's true. Um, so, yeah. So, so it's called tone, tone of voice is the term that we hear and use. And Watson has um, uh, API for that. And I, 
I don't know if that's what we've tapped into. I can't remember because we do integrate with IBM Watson and a bunch of other things. But in the new product, there is a tone of voice. I just saw it actually yesterday. I, I forgot that they were doing that. My, by they, I mean my tech team. And I was like, oh, yeah, because other people ask about that. Sent- sentiment, you know, is the, is the other thing. Um, so we're, we're just dabbling with that right now. Um, and, you know, with the music thing, we, we, what's interesting to me is, so the format that I was in, Brent, is called AAA or Adult Album Alternative, which is kind of a rare format. Um, it's all the bands you described, by the way. Um, so new music and old music, and usually deeper cuts, stuff that's in your in your you know, actual album con- collection. And it runs the gamut from folk to rock to blues to to world, um, and, and and everything in between. And so you know, kind of like the music you might hear on I hate to say this on, on NPR. If I'm, I don't want to alienate anybody, um, and and cooler, you know, it could be Dave Grohl or um, Weezer, that kind of stuff too. Um, but what I love about that format is that it thinks about humans in a way that's not one-dimensional. Whereas most of radio, so here's this, here's you know, let me pull back the black curtain for people. So so radio operates on let's play the same song over and over and over and over and over and over again, and um, and it relies now on charts for research as opposed to asking people what they like. So, so Lee Abrams, who invented XM, he, in the seventies, he used to stand outside. This is his idea. I'm, I'm going to stand outside the concert and ask them what their favorite song was. A human did this, right? So we would know what song to play off the, the record, you know, now everybody reads charts and the DJs don't even actually listen to the songs themselves. So there's no taste making involved. They're just like, Oh, they're telling me to play this. I'm going to play this, which is asinine. Um, but in my format. We were on live. We were actually on the radio live. Oh my God, this never happens anymore. So the human could make the judgment and a human could take you on a journey, right? Because this is part of the, your, what, what you do every day right here is you hold the mic, Brent, but if you're doing your job, you're making the listener feel as though they've got a voice with you, right? This is that je ne sais quoi thing we're talking about here. And so with adult album alternative, because it's looking for multiple ways to turn you on, it's actually creating the, the evangelist we talk about. This is that long tail. This is why I believe in the long tail. I'm going to give you guys just another example here. So it, the marketing forever used to say consistency, consistency, consistency. Now, that's not wrong, but it has evolved. So you can't really say have a Coke and a smile to everyone, 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 everyone anymore because it's not what's going to turn them on. Our friend David Allison is proving this. He's a consultant to the United Nations to, to prove him where the, um, a series of statistics that they've referred to now as value graphics versus demographics. And the idea is that Brent and I can be in different countries. We could have be different ages, different colors or races. You know, we can have all kinds of different backgrounds, but we care about the same things. And so if you market to people based on what they care about versus how old they are or what color hair they have, the likelihood of you having predictive, um, an understanding of their predictive behaviors and turning them into evangelists goes up exponentially, right? So it's the same idea here with, I'm talking like a crazy person, but back to lately. So the reason lately doesn't give you one message instead gives you dozens is because we know this. We know that your customers are going to engage with multiple different kinds of messages and the likelihood of them sharing, which is you want to click or share, right? But sharing is a little bit more powerful because sharing goes farther and people take credit for what you wrote. It's all about the ego. They want to look cool and be the person who's the tastemaker and just like music. And so that's how you get that um, proof, social proof and the trust. (laughs) 
right? Sales is all, so like, again, I'm going to say this again so people can hear this. The hard way is the way. This is what we do. And we have a 98% sales conversion because of it, right? Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, I think too that like you had said earlier that you write all your own content. I do. Which, um, you know, I, I, I think that you, that I applaud you for that and, and getting into that habit is, is, um, for me is, is a, it's very difficult to, to, to do that, uh, especially if I, if I think, Hey, I'm going to be creative for an hour in the morning and I want to try to use that creativity for the rest of the week. Uh, and then I'll, schedule those out um i suppose that's a little that's still writing your own content isn't it um but then scheduling it is i don't know if that's cheating or not i don't know i don't think it's cheating i think it's being resourceful and 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 like i don't you know the only reason that i it's funny when i was a marketing consultant i would do that for other people exactly what you said schedule spend an hour schedule out for the week and be done with it but because i'm flying by the seat of my pants like i have i i i I'm just trying to think. I don't think I've brushed my teeth yet today. It's 2.52 p.m. here, and it's not because they're not, you know, fuzzy. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but uh, now that you brought it up. I can barely get it together to, to, to yeah. put my yoga pants on here. <laughs> uh, I've got the I've got the smell of mic, and uh, it's coming through. I'm breathing through the mic on you. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, uh, the other thing I want to... To, to say here is like as we're talking like I'm thinking of all the, this is my nature I'm thinking of all the things I could be doing better right I'm thinking of what quotes can I give the AI to you right now like what are my one-liners I'm thinking of all the crutches I have how many times have I said right to end a sentence with you <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I use another tool called the script oh yeah and I, I know actually I know lightly does this too but I use it to do my I, I use it to just to give me my my transcripts, um, and I just like I did. I just said um. It, <laughs> it will pull all those out for you, which is really nice. That's great. And often I listen. I mean, I watch some news shows, and I I I'm very intentful in listening to the announcers, mm. and they are very good at not ever saying um. But if they have guests on, or if they, you know, I think if they have other people on, it doesn't. There's not a. It's not a set pattern. But it seems like the, and I suppose they're reading off a teleprompter, and that's mm. really where they're winning, right? The the ones that are doing it off the cuff are putting in some of those ums and sos and right and well, and it's like this and blah blah blah. And it's more powerful, right? So I listen. I just did it again. I I've been listening to Smartless. I love that podcast, and I love that the advertisers are giving Sean and and Jason and Will Arnett Bateman and Hayes. The, um, they're empowering them to read, to ad lib for the commercials. This is a novel idea. And I li- the, the result is I listen. I stay through the commercials. I'm dying to know how they're going to do it. It's hysterical, right? And I, I, and like McDonald's is having the wherewithal to do this. That Whoever is running that show, way to embrace, <laughs> you know, technology and, and evolving with, with a new mindset. That's pretty incredible. Maybe I should do some live commercials for Lately on this show. I would love that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see how it goes. In a past life, I had a computer retail store and my, uh, my, I had a radio host sponsor and his name was Jesse Ventura. Oh. And then, and Jesse had to quit because he ran for governor. (laughs) But he, he, you know, we paid for one minute spots 
and he would go on and on about he would well, for number one he'd come down to the store and he'd interview he'd talk to people and he would learn about us and then he would do these spots and he would go on about these guys with the coke bottle glass uh, comes on fix my computer he you know he'd go on for like five minutes and we had more business from his one minute spots than than uh, i can imagine any pre-recorded spot it was fantastic he did such a great job you know um, i'm gonna use that because i i people still don't believe us brent right like you you know you you convey to them use your vernacular be casual like to, you know try to loosen the stiffness lo- loosen the tie or whatever it is take off the, the clip-on earrings here people and like be yourselves and the people get are still so nervous about it. they're still so afraid um, and they think, well, you know, how can I do that if I own a bank? Or and I'm like, listen, <laughs> your your customers are still just people, just like you. They still just, they still just want you to talk to them, right? Yeah, a couple of uh, powder milk biscuit ads. Really <laughs> there you good. go. I mean, <laughs> are people gonna I just put my? I just put myself in the demographic. I was gonna say, like, right? <laughs> Did we just? <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so yeah, it'll. I, I wonder, you know, the good news is, is not everyone will cotton onto that. And so then we'll continue to shine because that's what stands out, right? So it's like, I kind of want to teach the world to sing, but I kind of don't at all because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we can still teach them to sing. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not in key, but at least they'll sing. <laughs> and if you get enough people singing, it doesn't matter if they're in or out of key. It's true. From my experience, because I'm a Luther, I'm a Lutheran, and we're, we have a choir, so you know how that works. Of course, you do. Anyways, now we're way off. We're way off target here. Um, so, coming back to AI, um, it, I'm I'm excited about the the tools that you're developing and we're using. Um, where do you think Where do you think it's going? Like where Where do you think content creation is going? And I see. Often now, um, I publish um, I publish a blog post, and there's a tool that says make this blog post into a podcast. And I think to myself, are they seriously going to have some robot read through this podcast? Um, or read through a, a, a blog transcript and make it into a podcast? You know, for me, it's the other way around is so much easier. But do you think that's where we're going? Do you think there's going to be some, you know, some happy voice and I, I guess you know i i just switched to the irish version of um of, of siri uh and <laughs> it, well it you know it works it, it only goes until 10 and then it's at the pub <laughs> you, knew, you knew that one was coming didn't you? You're killing me. um but and actually see obviously siri does a pretty good job at, at at that there's still those weird things like you know if you're in germany or you're in like in hawaii and there's all these funny long names uh it's going to get most of them wrong yes and then that's where people really really figure out um that uh that that it's a robot reading it instead of a real person and and coming full circle into what you say what you said you have to have a real inner, a real person there to moderate it, or at least to help it along to make it real. Yeah, I mean the what, what does the phrase go to? To err is to be human, right? And and that's the 
That's the magic. It's always going to be the magic. You know, I think your question of where it's going is interesting because, I mean, there will always be like the sharper image of AI tools, right? So the stuff that seems like, you know, the, the electronic juicer that first you have to tip a domino for, it's going to go hit the squirt gun and then dump the can of oil onto the squirrel who's going to jump over and crack a nut and then, you know, whatever. <laughs> I call this crazy stuff. Um, because People, self-included, we're lazy. People are lazy and they're always looking to avoid the work and, and writing is so hard. I mean, it really is a hard thing um, on so many stages, right? Um, but, you know, where the mindset is what's shifting too is to understand that if you don't have AI in your toolkit, you're going to be a dinosaur pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, it's evolved now, at least in marketing from analytics, an automation to, to this content piece because I mean, we saw this early on, but it doesn't matter how good your social media management platforms are or your analytics. If what you're putting out there, you can't put lipstick on a pig, as they say, right? You have to have some, something of, of call, quality to measure and analyze. Um, so, you know, my goal is to move from getting people 75% of the way there, that's where we've been, to, to now 90%. And I thought it was going to take about five years to do that. And it looks like we'll be doing it, <laughs> well, we're doing it right now. It it went live to nobody on Friday. Um, and we're going to work the kinks out and people will start seeing it live. I think December 28th is our goal. And again, it'll take us a little while to, to learn and, and not have people go, huh? Um, but, you know, I'm really curious about how we are going to get better and better in getting the human to be involved. That's going to be the next hurdle for me. And that's the, that's the solve, that's the end all solve all, right? It's like, how do I get you to be willing to do something that's hard to do, hard to do and get excited about it, to feel rewarded about it? Um, this, is, this, is the, this is the thing, going back to the first question you asked me, this is what keeps me up at night, Brent, because I don't have that answer and I'm, I'm experimenting. Yeah, and I, you know, we we don't have much time left, but I, I think, and we're going to have to do another session because we have so much more to talk I'd about. I'd love to, and I have to laugh um, more. <laughs> Let's come back for laughs. Um, Google sees content as king, and and it, it it the more you know, I, I hate to say it, but the more content you can have, the more possibilities that people are going to see you and see your site, right? right. Um, and this is. And I think, well, so I, th I think one mistake people make from the AI tool is, is like I thought earlier, hey, I'm just going to use this tool to write articles. And I'll, if I'm writing an article and I'm letting the tool do everything and you're writing a bunch of bogus content, you're hurting yourself more than you're helping. So yeah. that's the that's that's the bad side. But the curated side, I think, where where you're where you're going or where you're, what we've been talking about is we're we're using it to help supplement some of that. Um, some of that uh, um, grunt work mm -hmm. or some some of that harder work. Or, you know, in my case, I think it's really helpful to have some of those stimulus in terms of what should the headers of my three main parts of my post be? You know, what are some good topic headers within my main title? And if your AI cool can get you that far, maybe that's a good step. Um, the point is that, all of this content we're creating helps users and especially marketers because you can create more of it. The key is making good content instead of just create crappy, crappy content. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately there will always be noise out there. 
<laughs> right? Because people just think more is better and it's not the case. That's why I always tell people like, you know, it's, uh, it, there's this, you do have to be everywhere all the time. You do, but it's impossible. So just pick one thing, just pick one thing and be really good at it, you know, and then figure out the next thing. Right. So don't, you know, that's such a good, that's like my life. <laughs> you know, my husband will be exploding about all the to do's we have to do for getting ready to go on a trip or something like that. And I'm like, dude, your only job is just to get out the door. <laughs> I'll pack the bags, man. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's such a great point, and and I think you know in in the um, entrepreneur world, there's this, the concept of the shiny object, mm -hmm. where as an entrepreneur, you think, uh, oh, you know, um, I've been wildly successful as a marketing person. I am going to go open up a restaurant, and I'm going to sell bagels, right? And I don't know the first thing about it, but I saw somebody doing it on TV, and I can be great at it. And suddenly you're doing two things and maybe not so great at either one of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone's a drummer. I mean, they, they can do it all, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, the other one that I just recently heard is uh, in, in the term of uh, triathletes, if, you, if you're a triathlete at all, why not do three things mediocre, mediocre when you can, instead of doing one thing really well? That's the flip side to it, right? If you can swim and run and, and bike just okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where best. I was going with that. <laughs> Anyways. Well, there's that 10,000 hours guy, right? So, like, every, you know, I don't know if that's totally true. But now that what you're getting to, I think, a little bit is that we like to science things to, to death. All of us do, right? And when you do that, you, you remove the human element to it, by the way. So like not everything is going to check all the boxes and, and maybe, and not maybe it shouldn't, but, and it shouldn't, right? We have to allow the, the room, again, we're saying the same thing over and over again, but the room for the human to get in there and e either make the mistakes or, or, you know, the best advice I ever got in, from my radio mentors was, um, to make mistakes, to leave silence, like silence on the air, you know, you think deadly, but guess what, Brent? People turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> Who is going to blink first? Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, yeah. Having some, um, you know, I trying to fill in. I'll, I'll put in one more comment, but then we have to try to close up here. We 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 do these meetings called level ten meetings, and there's a certain format where you you know you're you have a you finish in an hour, blah blah blah. You have all these different things you do in the meeting, and it, they're really they're very effective from a business standpoint. Mm. But one one of our I was in a developer meeting, and and one of the guys said, um, "Well, because everybody's not engaging." And he said, well, you know, some people talk and other people are not going to be, other people don't feel comfortable and they need to be asked. Mm. And then they'll give you some of that. They, they don't feel like if somebody is dominating the conversation, they don't feel like they're going to jump in and do that. Uh, so I think that part of that is, is very important to know the types of things we have and the types of people and the type, and this all goes back to AI and how it's going to learn and I don't even know where I'm going anymore, so we, we should probably... Well, I know where you are. I'm with you. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're right. People, I mean, the, the, I think 
where you're going is everybody needs permission. And when you give people permission to be a part of the conversation in any way, like we're, you know, one way is when you wield the mic, as we said before, and you make people feel as though they have a voice, even though they're just listening, like that is permission to participate, right? Uh, and to lean forward, giving their participant, participant, excuse me, permission to lean forward or permission to double click or permission to reshare. Um, and that's what call to actions are all about, right? So the best call to actions actually do that. They're not learn more, check out. Those are vapid call to actions. They don't make me feel anything, right? And so by laying that ga- groundwork, you know, this is, it all comes back to trust, making evangelists. Like, do you want, do you want customers who buy you and throw you away? Or do you want customers who work you for free? I want that second kind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the ones that are going to talk about it and talk about you. And that's, I think, that's where influencers come in. And there's so many other places we can go down the road here. Um, All right. So we have like a negative five minutes left. Um, What, you know, what, um, what parting advice can you give uh, our listeners today? Or what, what did, what are you excited about? What, what, um, what do you think is new? I think what's new is what's always old, which is to, um, you know, this sounds so boring, but stick to the basics. And so my, my basic is air checks. I'm always telling my team and myself to listen to what you've done. Go back and listen to it, right? It's always there. You can always learn from yourself, especially if you're being embarrassed by rewatching a demo or listening to a podcast you were just a host of. And I'm interested in the sound of words. You know this, right? So one of the easiest things to do so in addition to like going back and listening, it's just to read what you're writing out loud, like get, get into that aural space. And when you, when you do that, Brent, you, it's the, it's the immediate ometer of bad and good, because if you're tripping over it, if it feels in any way awkward coming out of your mouth, it's awkward for your listener. And, and when it's awkward for them or your reader, it tanks trust, <laughs> right? So, so just try it. Like, this is why, like I have resting bitch face in writing, I like to say. So I have to le- use lots of emojis and smileys and italics and bold and different ways to really make sure that what I'm saying is clearly communicated as people read it. Um, and that's when you make that extra effort, the hard way is the way, right? Just, just that extra effort gets people to do what I want them to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need that sarcasm, uh, tool as well yes sometimes people don't understand the sarcasm (laughs) bit um all right so as we close out i give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug is there anything you'd like to plug today um well of course come on and visit us at lately www.lately.ai um and ask ask for lauren she's the best as you probably know brent um Mm -hmm. we are humans and we like to talk to you and and meet you um and, you know, we love to hear, you know, where you heard about us. And um, so that, I guess that's the most shameless thing. But I'll, I'll say one more, which is there's a little band I love, and they're called the Damwells, D-A-M-N-W-E-L-L-S. My husband is the guitar player. And they were our favorite record my first year um, at XM, which is how I met him, Job Hazard. <laughs> <So>, Damwells.com. <laughs> nice. Excellent. 
Um, and I will give my small shameless plug. We are doing a conference, an unconference in Florida on April 8th, 2022. It is a unscripted, unconference, no speakers. So if you do email and ask me about what kind of topic can I speak about and are you taking call for papers? No, <laughs> it's an unconference. Anyways, um, so, uh, Kate Lee from lately, I appreciate the time today. It was been, it's been very fun and we're going to have to have a, a second conversation as a follow-up to, to do the rest of our, of our thoughts. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, my, and again, I, I, I would like to plug lately cause it's been such a great tool for us and it, it is, it is such a great tool to organize there's, and I'm glad we didn't do a sales presentation because people get turned off by that. But you know, analytics and everything it, it does that all for you. So uh, it's a great tool, and I highly recommend it. Lately, AI, Kately from Lately, um, Kate Bradley, the CEO and founder of Lately. Thank you so much for being here today. I love you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce. New shows out every week.